0: Welcome to The Jay Kim Show. This is your host, Jay Kim. I am an investor, author, and fitness entrepreneur. And for the first time in Asia, I sit down with the world's most brilliant minds in business, investing, and entrepreneurship. You'll learn all the secrets, strategies, and formulas to becoming a successful entrepreneur directly from the masters. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insight to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. As part of our big launch week, we have an amazing guest on the show today, a personal favorite of mine who I've been following for a long, long time, and his name is James Altucher. James is probably the easiest and most relatable thought leader you'll find out there these days. And the reason for it is because he always takes a very honest and open approach with everything he does. Listening to him is very therapeutic because he's not afraid to share with you both his successes and his failures. And he also just speaks his mind. When you hear him speak, it's so comforting. It's like having a conversation with an old friend or maybe even a close family member. James is a brilliant entrepreneur. He used to work at HBO and then he got into tech, so he started a company that designed websites For the likes of American Express, Con Edison, Time Warner, and even the Wu-Tang Clan. After that, he was a hedge fund manager because he's a very savvy investor. And then along the way, he became a best-selling author, a famous podcaster, and a highly sought-after public speaker. His last book, Choose Yourself, was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And that's only because he decided to self-publish and not go to traditional publishing route. And that book alone has sold more than half a million copies to date. USA Today named that book, Choose Yourself, among the 12 best business books of all time. We are so lucky to have him on the show today. He has just launched his new book, which is called Reinvent Yourself, which is just another treasure trove of gold. I know you guys are going to get a ton of value out of this episode. Let's just get right into the show. James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, We're very excited to have you, and this is a new launch show, first ever in Hong Kong, uh, which is kind of strange to hear because podcasts have been around for a long time. But uh, we're very excited, and we're happy to have you on the show. Jay, thanks so much for inviting me to come on the
1: show. I'm really excited. This is the first Hong Kong-based podcast I'm on.
0: (laughs) Well, what a coincidence. So, for our audience out here, uh, I mean, I'm sure you have... Readers uh, subscribers from from Asia, but for those of uh, us out here that haven't heard of you or don't follow this space, maybe you could just give us a quick intro on who you are and how you became such a successful entrepreneur well i've I've
1: been involved in a lot of different businesses i mean I've been all over the place, probably even probably more than what most people should do i've I've started close to twenty companies, most of them have failed abysmally. I've made money. I've lost money. I've made money. I've lost money. I've made money. Uh, I've written 18 books. Wow. I have my own podcast that um, I've had people like Mark Cuban, Peter Thiel, uh, Arianna Huffington, all, all sorts of people on my podcast. And uh, and also, I'm a very active investor.
0: Yeah, that's a great intro. Um, yeah, your podcast, by the way, is, is, uh, is awesome. I follow it. And uh, it was one of the the reasons that I decided to uh, start a podcast. So you inspired me. So I want to Excellent. thank you for that, James. Thank you. Yeah, and That's good to know. And just as a side note, what's very funny is um, okay. So we'll talk about this later because I, you're 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 such an honest guy when you when you talk about your stuff and and when you open up. But one of the things that I loved was when you were when you say how before every podcast call you're like. Oh, you hope kind of secretly hoping that the other person wouldn't show up. So I actually do that, too. But I only thought it's because, you know, I just started. So I'm not seasoned.
1: This happens to me every single time because I get really nervous right beforehand. So your stress goes up and the stress would would be instantly relieved if they simply
0: canceled. Yes. And so, so thank you for sharing that as well, because uh, I, I'm, I'm all, I, you know, I look up to you obviously, and a lot of the, uh, the the thought leaders in the space. And I'm like, oh, they'll never, they never go through this sort of stuff. This is amateur stuff. So when you said that, it kind of actually helped motivate me more. But Jay, let's think about this for a second, because obviously, like
1: professionals go through nervousness. So some qualities of an amateur are just prevalent among professionals, even if they don't admit it. But what really does separate out an amateur from a professional, do you think?
0: Well, I think that when you have done a certain, you know, thing such as, you know, let's say public speaking, for example, you're a public speaker as well. Yes. I've almost never public spoke in my life. So I think I'd be deathly afraid to do it. But I think once you get on stage, and perhaps you do it more, it might be more comfortable each time you do it. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to, to tell you. Uh, maybe you could share what your experience is public speaking.
1: I guess in general, like let's, t- well, let's take public speaking or podcasting, is that I, I still get very nervous before every talk. And after every talk, I want to know if I did good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am nervous afterwards, too. But during the talk itself, I feel very calm. I, get to, I understand what the crowd is all about, and and I think that did improve over time. My ability to kind of uh, feel the feedback of the crowd and interact with it, like that but I don't know if that made me a professional. I guess it did. Like I I, I deliver what the crowd wants. So that right. that's professional.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I'm like a really like I have to prepare. I have to do a lot of preparation beforehand because for some reason I feel like that'll help. That's a good point actually. Pre- preparation also helps. So so with public speaking preparation
1: might just mean you gave the same talk a lot like you might not necessarily have to prepare for the crowd you just have to like know your talk really well but for podcasting it's really hard you have to prepare really hard for each different guest so that your you stand out your podcast stands out for that guest
0: yeah that's right and especially for you know in this sort of the podcast circuit that you know you have you, you actually have uh, some quite unique speakers which is nice and and very refreshing but you know the entrepreneurship type podcast in the states is Is kind of, uh, it's been played out a bit. uh, So I feel like there's a lot of recycling of the circuits. So I agree. It's difficult. I guess it's challenging to find good questions and good speakers. So, but that's one of the cool things about your podcast is because uh, you have some very, uh, really interesting guests. I, I love the one. That you did with Jewel actually, that was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was great, and uh, thank you for saying that. And I don't have, I, I really don't go for entrepreneurs. I go for like peak performers, and mm. someone who was a peak performer, you know, at, at one time, maybe she will be again. And it's interesting to know what what she went through. Like I, I, I think about that podcast every day.
0: Yeah, it was it was a really good one. So James, you you've done so many different things. You know, you you've mentioned just just now that you uh, you were a hedge fund guy. And I relate to you because I've been in finance my entire life. I'm actually a hedge fund guy right now. And uh, I, I feel like it's funny because most hedge fund guys are, are very good at what they do. And so they never really think about doing anything else because I guess they're making so much money or, or they or they genuinely love what they do and they're good at it. But I'm not like that. So I've always sort of looked uh, for a set of side things to do and, and found inspiration in other stuff. So again your content was really helpful for me a, a lot a lot of the times along the way when i was feeling sort of uh you know lost so for example your last book which is choose yourself was a great one it came at a, i read at a time when it was it was a challenging time of life that book has now sold something like half a million copies right
1: yeah yeah over half a million copies
0: yeah so that was incredible self-published as well um which is which is uh an amazing feat so um Maybe you can just run us through what that was, and then obviously you know you just launched a new book, reinvent yourself, which I just finished reading. I got on Kindle yes uh, two days ago, and so in the last two days to prepare, actually talking about preparation, I re-listened to your audio book on choose yourself, and then I read the oh Kindle version of reinvent yourself. So
1: you did a, that's great. You did a lot of work. Well, choose yourself was interesting because. I kept feeling for for decades, you know, and I'm not that old, but for decades, I kept feeling like, oh, if I want to get something done, I have to get approvals or permission from maybe this boss or this publisher or this TV person or this investor. I, I always was trying to get permission from people. And, uh, you know, maybe I needed a college degree or maybe I needed a law degree or Whatever, you know, and you go through this as a hedge fund manager, like you would like to be a hedge fund manager, but, uh, and you want to, because you're interested in investments, but part of the job is being chosen by all of these investors who you may or may not like selling to them. And it's not really part of your job description, but you have to do it. So with choose yourself, I really wanted to figure out all the ways in which I could just choose myself without having to rely on other people, and so you mentioned the book was self-published. So I did that on purpose. I mean, I, I I've been published by regular publishers. I could have published "Choose Yourself" with regular publishers, but then I wouldn't be choosing myself. <laughs> when you write a book and you want it to get published, if you go the traditional route, you need an editorial assistant, you need an editor, you need a marketing department, you need a publisher, you need uh, the bookstore purchasers. They all have to say yes. Jay Kim is an author we want to publish. They all have to approve. They all have to mm. choose you. Now, when you self-publish, you can write the book. You can hire someone to edit the book. You can hire someone to design the cover. You can hire someone to do the interior design where you can do it yourself. Where, 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 you, know, you can do your own. You're in charge of your own marketing. You can upload it to Amazon, which, by the way, is the world's largest bookseller by far, and now you've published a book, and you didn't need any permission at all to do it. And by the way, you can potentially make much more money self-publishing, which many people I know have done, um, because you get 70% of the profits instead of 10% of the profits. So that was a classic example where I took out the middlemen and I I chose myself to to publish a book. Now, it's not just about knowing the techniques. You also have to say, hey, I don't need to be, I don't need someone else to validate me. And we, we very much... Internally, want other people to validate us and to mm-hmm. say uh, James is great. So I'm going to publish this book. Like we feel good when that happens. But you have right. to also work on yourself, kind of almost psychologically and emotionally, and and with your health and everything. It's like you're in training to choose yourself, and that's important as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's something that I guess you just have to find for yourself. You know, I think um, I think that book is very highly relevant, actually, to the Asian audience. Um, and I don't know. Uh sort of. You know, I don't know that much about your your background and your upbringing and whatnot. But for Asians, especially, um, you know, entrepreneurship is kind of looked down upon. You know, when I was when I was growing up, my parents wanted me to be a doctor, right? And so, if I told them, "Look, I'm going to go and try to start an online business or or be an entrepreneur," they'd be like, "Okay, uh, change your last name. You're, we're going to disown you now." So, um, but you know, I think that a lot of people out here. Are living a mold and uh, someone else's dream as opposed to choosing themselves, so I think that this book that earlier book would actually be highly relevant to to our audience here.
1: I think so too. I think there's first off there's a huge element of what I call corporatism in Asia and in America too, but it's 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 dying down more in America where it's not necessarily a capitalist society, it's a corporatist society where big corporations kind of rule um your your day to day decision making. And that's kind of dying out in America. In fact, most of the jobs created in the past few years have been part-time or freelance jobs or lifestyle entrepreneur jobs. Mm. But in Asia, I still think there's a a very big emphasis on corporatist culture. And uh, that's still very influential there. But again, you can be an employee and still choose yourself. It's just, it's really boils down to who are you going to let choose your own life vision? Are you going to let your boss do it, or are you going to do it? And once you take more and more control over your own life vision and your life purpose, then things start to change. Whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur or whatever, things change. It, it, it's not necessarily about just being an entrepreneur. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a great book. I mean, I, I've, I've read it, you know twice now or listened to the audio version once and, and uh, actually read it but it's, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good uh, actionable stuff in there and it, it's, it's a good way to sort of reframe the way you, you think because a lot of times you don't, you don't people don't really think about doing anything themselves, they're just kind of like let's go into the system, let's be safe let's just get a paycheck, let's work for someone else and until something happens like the financial crisis or, or a game changing moment in your life you don't actually think about it you know, you kind of just are, are okay being comfortable. And so um, and I, I, I love your sort of uh, your, your lesson on the <laughs> on 10 ideas a day and the whole idea sex thing. Uh, I think that's great. Um, and it's like training your brain, right? Yeah, I mean, it's very
1: important. Like if, if you don't exercise your idea muscle or your creativity muscle every day, it's going to atrophy just like any other muscle. So I always encourage people write down 10 ideas a day write down 10 bad ideas a day. They don't have to be good ideas. You don't have to use them. You don't have to look at them ever again. Just do it. And within six months, you'll be an idea machine and it it works. Like you'll start coming, being much more creative, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur. Now, if you're a creative employee, you might say, oh, my boss crushes all my ideas. He never listens to me anyway. Well, it's just not going to be true. You'll, You'll suddenly start talking to people in other divisions or other companies, or you'll start making inroads elsewhere. Magic things happen when you start choosing yourself, whether again, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur. But one thing you said that was interesting was that people want to take the safe route. And the irony is there's two ironies. The first irony is it's not really safe anymore. Like corporations are the world is changing. So, you know, just one industry that's about to change huge is the auto industry. Once everybody's mm. driving around in self-driving cars, 90% of the auto industry is going to disappear. And those jobs aren't going anywhere. They're not being replaced. So, so, so industries are changing, and, you, and it's no, no industry is safe anymore. And the other irony is that we're, we, we live in a fast-changing world, and, and, and we're not immune to that, to that speed of change, that philosophy of change. We want to change, too. So if you're in a job for too long, you feel stuck. And you want to, you feel in a rut and you just want to get out of it. You things you, you want to either choose yourself or, as I call it in the latest book, you want to reinvent yourself.
0: Right. Okay. So, so let's say I am, uh, you know, stuck in my day job and what I think is safe, but then I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, oh, you know what? James just said that, you know, maybe I work in the auto industry and I'm like, oh no, my future's doomed. Okay. So I read Choose Yourself and then, so reinvent yourself just came out. So I run to the store and I grab it. From, from what I gathered, it definitely has a lot of actionable steps. And what I enjoyed was a lot of the sort of lessons taken away from perhaps your podcast guests or guys that you follow or you've read about. I basically
1: looked at maybe, you know, 50 to 100 different peak performers, anybody ranging from Jules, you mentioned, to like mm-hmm. Mark Cuban or Peter Thiel or or heck, I even had a chapter on on Pope Francis. Right, right. Just because he's such an unusual character, and I'm not Catholic or anything, but you could learn. You, you know, one one key I always try to do is, what's one takeaway? What's one thing I can learn from everyone? And I think that's an important thing about reinventing yourself. It's like everyone you look at, everyone you interact with, study them a little bit, and figure out what's that one thing you can learn from them, because that may that may be a crucial part of your own personal, very unique reinvention. Mm. But you know, the first thing I always want to mention is that it is re- really important. You can't come up with ideas. You can't reinvent yourself if you're sick in bed. So physical health is important. And so that means all the basics of, you know, exercise, nutrition, sleep, emotional health is very important. I mean, I was, um, talking to one guy, Mike Massimino, uh, who was, he's been in, uh, an astronaut. He's, he was in space yeah. a whole bunch of times and he was telling me his, his Classmates in MIT, there were ten of them. Four of them became astronauts in in, that went into outer space. And so if you just hang out in a bar, it's not like the case like you could look up look up and down the bar and say, Hey, four of us are gonna be astronauts. (laughs) That would never ever happen. So you are basically you know, the average of the people you're around or, you know, yep. and there's also the saying, you know, stand next to the smartest person in the room. So that's very important, that kind of emotional health. And, uh, you know, then the creative health is, is writing those ideas down or doing some cre- creative thing every day. And then, uh, what I call spiritual health, but really just always find time in your day to do positive things for yourself. Like like, you know, write a story or look at different types of jobs or explore your interests or read a book or whatever, you know, just move forward several times a day in a, in a positive way. Cause we're too used to thinking negatively. But, uh, the other thing is, you know, look back to what, you know, and again, this is sometimes hard for people before their idea muscles fully out there, but look back to the things that really fascinate you. Maybe they fascinate you now Or maybe they fascinated you when you were 12, 13, 14 years old. Write them down and see how those things aged. So like, let's say, I don't know, soccer or football uh, fascinated you when you were a kid. Obviously, if you're 40 years old and working for a car company, you're not going to be a professional soccer player. But there's maybe 50 other ancillary businesses related to soccer that you can rise up in. Uh, and you know, I saw many examples. I knew, I knew one guy, Matthew Barry. He was a, Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote movies in Hollywood, very successful screenwriter and he got sick of it. He didn't, he didn't like doing it. And he always loved fantasy sports. That was his obsession. So he started blogging on a fantasy sports site and making a hundred dollars a post. And he was, he was dead broke. Like he had just gone through a divorce. All his money that he made for movies went there. And he was making $100 a blog post. And that was his start. And now, 10 years later, he's sold at least one business in fantasy sports. And he's ESPN's, you know, ESPN's the main sports network in America. He's ESPN's, you know, TV anchor for fantasy sports. Like, he's the most successful guy in fantasy sports. So things build up over time. But he found something that he loved as a kid that aged with time and he aged with it and he found what he could he wasn't going to be a professional sports star but he he became a professional fantasy
0: sports media celebrity that's a great career pivot for him yeah <laughs> i like how um in your books and obviously just you are very open and honest i think one of the chapters that i enjoyed uh was the elon musk lessons learned and you were basically like being an entrepreneur is it sucks. I mean, it's like, it's a disaster. I think you
1: said, think about Elon Musk. Like, first off, obviously he's a a super genius and he's a hard worker and he's creative beyond measure. And he's also, you know, in good physical health, but PayPal was a hard bloody business to, to launch and start and sell and compete. You know, it was Elon Musk, but at first was at X.com and he was competing against Peter Thiel and they were, they were both competing against eBay. Right. So what a, what a bloody war that was. In fact, there's even a book I think called the PayPal wars. Then with SpaceX, he he just reads a bunch of books and talks to people and then he builds a spaceship who does that. (laughs) But, and he, and he did it and he launched it and it blew up. (laughs) And it, then it blew up again. And then I even, it blew up a third time. And finally he was, he was down to his last dime. And I think he was, he was living in his, on his friend's couch. Like he's a former billionaire. He's living on his friend's couch. And he, he, he told a friend of mine, if this spaceship doesn't launch, I'm, I'm done. If it it blows up, I'm, I'm out of business. And it, it, it went well, it did well. And now he's, now he's worth like whatever, eight or $9 billion, like solar city, you know, Tesla, SpaceX, you know, all these businesses. So it's hard. It's a hard thing to do to be the, the, the top of the world, but you don't have to be the top of the world to be a a happy and, and tranquil and content person. I don't know if Elon Musk is tranquil or not. I think there's a lot of lessons Mm -hmm. to be learned from him, but it's not necessarily the route for instance, that I would choose for myself.
0: Right. Yeah. Elon was actually here last year for this very festival that we're launching next week the start me up. Uh, it was Hong Kong 2016. He was the keynote speaker. So uh, he's a very impressive dude. James, so you you always take this honest approach. And I have to ask you, at what point did you, when you were sort of putting yourself out there, did you realize that, you know what, it's okay to open the kimono, as they say, um, and just be honest with and connect that way with your audience as opposed to you know, having a front. I mean, this is something that even I struggle now because I'm just getting into this podcasting thing. And a lot of times I, you know, I listen, I consume a lot of content and I feel like, okay, this is how I should be, uh, as opposed to maybe just being me. Right. Yeah. And I think, again, this was very difficult in America, but I think also
1: it's in, in Asia, there's slightly different values about this as well. Like there's mm-hmm. this sense that you can't fail. Like you always have to be perfect. You always have to be on top of your game. You can't admit that and, and you know, and not only that, sometimes you could admit that you failed, oh, I failed 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But what about if you're failing right now? You know, it's very tricky how you, you know, write about it and talk about it and, and discuss it and be honest about it in, in a way that's sincere. And at, at one point I realized, oh my gosh, everybody I know is just faking it. And they're, yeah. all, they're all, all these people I know are talking about the financial crisis, like in 2009. They don't know anything. Nobody has a clue as to what's going on. And they all act like they're so smart and they're so intelligent. And I'm even sitting there listening to them thinking, oh, they're so intelligent, but I even know their stories. And they're all faking it. So, (laughs) you know, and I just realized, and at the same time, things were happening for me personally. Like I was going through a divorce and I wasn't getting any jobs and I was running out of money. And so everything, every decision that I had ever made in the past kind of led me up to that point that wasn't really working out so well. So I just figured, well, okay, how about I just make other decisions that are completely different and just start being straightforward about what's going on in my life and in the industries I know about and tell all these, you know, stories about things that have happened to me that have been really horrible. And it's almost like gives permission for others to realize it's okay to have horrible experiences in your life. Life goes on. That's the point of life: is to have, is to ride this w- roller coaster.
0: Yeah, I think I think that that's right. That's completely right. And, and especially when you put yourself out there in a in a position to be vulnerable and for other people to look in, there's so many times where you, actually people don't care as much as you think that that they care about you or or what you're going through or I don't know. I mean, I find myself doing that all the time. Like even something as simple as like, oh, my website's not like perfect. Like people are gonna hate me, or they're gonna—they're not gonna—they're gonna unfollow me, or whatever. And you know, at the end of the day, they don't actually care about it as much as you do. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's a—it's a mental battle. Um, So, James, have you ever been out here to Asia or Hong Kong? I haven't been to Hong Kong. Well, actually, I passed through uh,
1: on a plane, but that's it. But I've been to Thailand and, and India.
0: Okay. So this is a great segue into Asia, and, and hopefully you know, some, of the, some of the audience out here starts to follow you and read your stuff. What, do you have anything planned? Okay, obviously, you're, you just launched a book, so, so that's probably occupying a lot of your time right now, Reinvent Yourself. What, what sort of things are you working on for 2017? What else do you have going on?
1: Well, I'm really excited about my podcast, The James Altucher Show, and, and we have mm-hmm. some good guests coming up. Uh, maybe I'm going to reinvent myself. Maybe I'm going to work on some fiction.
0: Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be very interesting. What are you going to focus on? Well, I'm focusing on this podcast, obviously, this launching uh, next week. So here's, here's, a, here's a story. Um, well, I, I, I want to take a moment, actually, to thank you publicly because so I, you know, I followed you and I, I think I subscribed to one of your newsletters, which you have, you have several of them, but I subscribed to one of them, I think the Altucher Report. And by just reading that, uh, I clicked through and then I saw, uh, I saw a webinar you did with Tucker. And so I watched the entire thing and it's what you were talking about earlier about uh, self-publishing So I watched the entire two-hour thing And I was, it was at the same time where I just re- read your book, Choose Yourself So I was like, you know what, I'm going to write a book And so I had a friend introduce me to Tucker and connected with him And, uh, I, started, and I was like, what do I write about? I don't know anything and then, But the only thing I do know about is fitness So I started writing a fitness book and so that's why, you know, I got to work with Zach and and those guys and the book is coming out uh, in March. And so I'm definitely going to buy it. What's it called? It's called Hack Your Fitness.
1: I'm I'm going to buy it. And I think um, Tucker's a great guy. I think he's a great proponent for self-publishing. And that, and look, here you are. You're in the hedge fund business, but you're also doing a podcast. You also wrote a book about fitness. This is the modern life now. This is the life we live in is that you have to choose yourself in a variety of areas so that like if you're ever Oh, today didn't feel so good on the hedge fund side, but oh, I'm gonna w- write, write another chapter for my fitness book, and I feel good about that. So this is these are ways we we seek out our interests and see what works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So James, uh, is there any place that my audience should go to find you, follow you? What you know, I mean, you have a you have a bunch of different sort of course offerings and newsletters that are available on your site, which is jamesaltucher.com where where do you want uh the audience to sort of look for you yeah james is great that's perfect okay
1: or or, you know look up my books i think i sell them in hong kong on amazon and text me on my phone 203-512-2161 and sometimes i even answer And
0: uh, is Reinvent Yourself, so right now it's just on Kindle, is that right? No, it's a uh, paperback and Kindle. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay, okay. And is there going to be an audio one of that coming out? Yes. Okay, awesome. I actually really like the audio of Choose Yourself because there was some stuff, kind of like segue stuff that you didn't, I mean, you can't really capture in on the book. Yeah, like I, so, I make the audio like its own product really. Oh yeah it's great. it's great it was like it was like reading a, a, another book again so well, James thank you so much it was it was awesome having you on the show and congratulations on um your new book Reinvent yourself uh, I know it's gonna do well for sure um and we really appreciate having you on the show Jay, thanks so much for having me here and i I really appreciate it thank you all right take care. we'll talk to you soon bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The Jay Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week.